everybody. Welcome to Social Hangout. I am your host, Eric Mitchell. Uh, not at AT&T Park today, as you can tell. I have the lighting nightmare, because here in Northern California, even though we're in a drought, we're not getting rain, but it's cloudy as all get out, which doesn't make sense. Uh, we had the sunny weather all day, but now I'm dealing with like having to look like I'm at Gitmo with my lighting. Uh, you have just a little bit of the side light today. Uh, I'm excited about today's show. Uh, I have my Monday for sure host now at all times, my buddy Maxwell Finn, otherwise known as the COO of the wonderful app Loot. So go check that one out. They're also a sponsor of the show. Funny how that worked. I don't know how that happened, but Loot. I know somebody who knows somebody. I must know someone. Uh, Loot is kind of the, always the background of Social Hangout. The voice from Friday in the background was the other co-founder of the company, uh, Nick Haas, in the background. So he's also at Nick at Loot. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Anigo App and our friends... Uh, no, it's just by our friends at Anigo App today. I wasn't adding other friends. Uh, but No, it's awesome. But today's guest, uh, I met him and heard him speak at Social Media Marketing World 15, uh, he was on a panel that was moderated by everybody's favorite, Carlos Gill. If you have never heard of that gentleman, go look him up. But uh, this gentleman, uh, I hit it off with him instantly. We watched some uh, March Madness together. Had to have him on the show. His reputation is awesome out there in the market. Everybody seems to love him on Twitter. Uh, from Discover, and that's at Discover, not at Discover Card. We learned that. Uh, I have Mr. Dan Genghis to the show today. Dan, welcome, my friend. Well, thank you, Eric. Really happy to be here with you and Maxwell. It's it's awesome to have you here. I mean, it, I know that you uh, you showed up Friday on our show. I was reading your tweets while we were live on air. Uh, you know, you're a Cubs fan, so I know that uh, rings and Cub fans in October aren't your guys' friend too often. But you guys do have this Luke Bryant kid. He's pretty uh, hit his first dinger over the weekend. Saw the ball, made it. You know. Made it all over the place. You ha are you a Bulls fan too? Uh, I am not as much of a basketball fan as I am a baseball fan, but you know, certainly always rooting for the Chicago teams when they are in the playoffs. That that's a everybody. See, some people don't get the way that we all are about are, are about that. Like here in the Bay, we have the Warriors, and it's funny how you just support your Bay Area teams, even like if the Raiders. Well, and it's been a long time since they made the playoffs. I'm thinking, like 2000, 2003 was the last time was they went to a Super Bowl, got blown out. That was the last time they did it, but we support all our teams here. It's funny how you become, you just rep your Bay Area team because it's your local team and you just, no one's going to disrespect it. But it was good to see your comments on the Cubs. Uh, what do you think of your team this year? Oh, I'm excited. They are, the one thing I was hoping for on the team this year was that they'd be fun to watch, and they have at least delivered on that. Uh, they're certainly young. We've got a lot of exciting guys, and we still have some holes to fill. But I, I probably watched more games this year so, than I have in the last three combined, and that's a great step in the in the right direction. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's definitely when the weather warms up. Uh, I will put Wrigley Field up against any stadium in the majors is one of the best places to watch a game, and so very excited to get out there and finally see a team that's fun to watch. That's awesome, and you guys just redid part of your ballpark. I've watched on TV, so it looks beautiful stadium. You guys, yeah. you guys always changing Wrigley around. Wrigley's still not the same without Harry Carey in the background to me. So it's a little bit different, but I did get to see the new uh, jumbotron there, and I was amazed at how well it fit into the old ballpark. It looks like it's been there forever, and uh, all the people that were worried about it, I think they did an awesome job. 
So, so let me ask you. So we'll jump in to start asking just weird, random questions about your brand. Does Discover sponsor the Cubs? I mean, you guys do have a brand kind of everywhere. I know, like, I can list some sponsors at AT&T, but obviously brands are brands and you guys are big, but they don't always pan to every sponsor that has a billboard or do you guys sponsor the Cubs? I know you sponsor other teams and other uh, Yeah, we're not a sponsor of the Cubs right now. Um, it, that is not my decision. Um, but we are actually a very proud sponsor of the NHL, so we do a ton of stuff with hockey. Um, as probably anybody watching the playoffs now can see, it's hard to miss. Uh, oh, yes. That's been, a, that's been really successful for us, and it overlaps with our fan base, I mean, with our customer base really, really well. Awesome. So, so let's hop into some questions here. Uh, the first one is one that always comes, because you have a very, and you talked about this a little bit, and I know that you said you're going to be talking about this further when you, uh, we'll talk about your plugs here later on at where you're going to be speaking here later on, but, you know, I asked this to the Giants, and I'll ask this to you, because when you're a big brand, there's obviously a, pr a process. Uh, you know, what is the process of getting content approved to go onto social that you can put out there? Because obviously those tweets, you just don't get to sit there like the rest of us do and go, I'm going to tweet this today and send this out because this is only going out to discover. No big deal. I mean, what is the process? Is it several people? Is it like everything else in corporate America? Well, so there are definitely a lot of people involved. Um, we get ideas for social posts from all around the company because um, not only are we a credit card company, but we also have an entire banking unit that does savings and personal loans and home loans and that sort of thing. So we get a lot of people around the company that want their content out there. Um, our marketing team is responsible really for kind of collecting all of that and trying to at least uh, create some sort of a theme each month that, that we play to. Um, and I think there's just an attempt at trying to get all of the content to ladder up to a broader um, uh, mass message that we that we're out there with. So you know, right now, for example, on TV, we're talking a lot about our new um, freeze it feature, which lets you kind of, it, uh, as a commercial goes, put you know, hit the pause button on your card if you if you've misplaced it. Uh, so we'll definitely support that with um, with social content as well, and we'll sprinkle in other things around some of the things that we're known for, service and rewards and and other type of content like that. But the process is essentially that we. We get a lot of people around the company that, that submit ideas um, and things that they're interested in on us publishing. Um, we do have a team that kind of sifts through that and, and makes decisions. Um, and, you know, as with any big company, we everything gets routed through the legal department and uh, it's sort of approved by all the people that need to approve it before uh, someone hits the button. Awesome. I guess I'd, I'd jump in there, kind of an extension of that. It's a, a two-parter is when you bring on new employees or you're interchanging between departments, you guys have uh, you know, guidelines and best practices and how do you go about training your employees? Because nowadays I think there's, you used to have to worry about training employees to deal with customer complaints or dealing with customer issues on the phone or via email. Now you also have to train them to be pretty good on social media. So it's, you know, how do you deal with customer complaints in real time? I think there's a lot of new issues that have evolved in the last few years. So what's Discover's process look in terms of the training and onboarding? Yeah, and, and I mean, social customer service is something that we really take pride in, and I, I know we'll be talking more about that uh, in a bit, but um, it really one of the first steps is bringing on the right people. And I always like to say that you have to be really good at customer service offline before you attempt to do it in social media. Otherwise, social media is just going to exacerbate your problems. If you, have, if you don't have a culture of service, 
uh, that's going to really come out and show in social. Um, thankfully, Discover, we've had that culture forever. Um, seems quaint now, but we were the first uh, credit card company to introduce 24-7 customer service. Um, we're still the only major card company that has 100% US-based customer service. So there is that strong culture of service already. So bringing that to social then is really just an extension to a channel. And, and for me anyway, I go into that with a ton of confidence. I'm not worried about um, us being out in public with our service because I know it's really good. So we do hire um, specifically for social in our call center. We, we do try to find people that have um, not only a service background and are good at helping customers, but also people that understand social media because there's a lot of, um, you know, there, there's a lot of unique pieces to handling service on social versus the phone. Uh, the most obvious one is, is having to do it in 140 characters, right? So you need a certain writing style and an, a, an ability to kind of get to the point really fast. Um, but also, our social reps have to really be generalists because they may get questions about anything. And in the call center, you often have people that are specialists in something like balance transfer or rewards or taking applications for new accounts. And in social, they really need to be generalists and be able to answer questions across a wide variety of topics. Great. So um, in kind of that similar vein, how do you monitor that? I think it's, it's interesting because with traditional customer service, if you have a call center, you have, let's say, 500 phone lines and you have 500 individuals, and they can pick up a phone line, they can talk to an individual, and it's their own line, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Now you have the same amount of inquiries coming in, but you have one Twitter account and you have one Facebook account. How do you handle that flow and ensuring that you can keep up with the volume of inquiries without having a breakdown in quality or somebody give a, a poor response or you know, use something offensive in the response? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, on one hand, it is similar to the phone in that all of us who have called into a phone center hear the message about the call being recorded for quality assurance, right? And that means that most calls are recorded and not all calls are listened to, right? And so I think in social, uh, it becomes a little bit easier to actually listen to all of them or to listen to more. Um, and clearly, all of them are being recorded in, in, in a different way. And so what we do is um, my team, which is actually based in, in the e-business area, um, is in literally daily contact with the customer service unit that's in charge of social. So we, at the end of every day, give feedback on the service that was performed that day. Um, and we also then have other sort of random monitoring in place um, to make sure that, that you know, people are following the right guidelines. Um, first and foremost, that they're answering the customer's question correctly. That's really the, that's one of the main uh, goals. Um, and we monitor response time. We monitor, um, you know, quality of response uh, and something that we call, um, uh, what I like to call first tweet resolution, which is sort of a play on a call center term, which is first call resolution. And this is the idea that when somebody tweets at you, you want to get to the answer on the first tweet. You don't want to have to have a back and forth of you know 15 tweets till the customer finally you know their problem is finally resolved. Um, so that's another thing that we look at as well. Um, if we do have a situation where the answer is not uh, to our liking, we have gone back and and you know um, re-answered you know answered the customer a second time with maybe a, a, a better answer or more complete answer. Um, but I have to say that that does not happen very often because we've got such an amazing team. Awesome. That's awesome. So, 
I, I yeah, threw a question in there. So I wanted to uh, see if you wanted to tackle this question. I, I know when we have brands, we need to make sure everyone reads some of our questions that we have. But our good friend of the show, uh, Stephen Congiano, good Italian boy with a good Italian name, asks, uh, how empowered is are the social team at Discover to make customer service decisions? I know, I mean, if I were to go off of that, that's a great question because I, I when I travel and across the country, I fly a lot with United. And I know United's really stepped up their game because I literally do not talk to anyone and I go strictly through their social and DM and I get, I mean, just, I mean, it's, it's amazing customer service. And I've heard the same thing about Discover is basically their team, you don't really need to hop on the phone to do anything. I mean, obviously, if you're talking security and all that stuff, that's whole different. But I mean, how, how empowered is your team to make decisions? So, well, you touch on a lot of really interesting things, Eric. Um, you know, first of all, you're touching on the fact that uh, on something that we're seeing as well, which is that social for a long time was the channel of last resort. It was after you called and you didn't like the answer on the phone, you wanted to go and rant on Twitter. We're definitely seeing that people are starting to use social as a channel of first resort because they get great service. Um, I would say that the team is incredibly empowered. Um, really, though, I would say as much as a phone rep is empowered, right? So the 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 agents, no matter what channel you come talk to us on, the agents are empowered to solve the customer's problem. And that's what we're trying to do in Twitter or Facebook, just as much as we're trying to do on the phone or in chat or in email. Um, you also touched on that it is a little bit more difficult in the social space because we are dealing with um, potentially um, private issues or uh, account-related issues that, that we really can't talk about in public. Um, but we've also empowered our agents um, to work around that as well. Last year, we were the first financial services company to introduce a secure chat function right in Twitter and Facebook. So if you are one of those people, Eric, who sends me a question and says, hey, can you tell me what the balance is on my account? Um, <laughs> this is probably not a question that I'm going to answer to you in public, um, even if you are uh, strange enough to ask that, and you wouldn't be the first. Um, but what I can, can you put my social on there too while you're at it. I, I just need all my information public. Happy to do that. Uh, but what we will do is uh, send you. We'll tweet you back a personalized link that is valid for 24 hours. That when you click on it, it opens up a secure chat session with one of our agents, just as if you had opened up a chat session on our website. We can then 